Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. We're here with your regular host, Kieran, returning down daring to overview our star of the Mazzy, our Grant Mazzy star, the owner of Monty Pool, looking down from the Sunshine Chopper as we fade into dust. And remember, folks, if you understood any of that, it's already too late. Too happy with that one. That was really good. It's very fucking pretentious, though. <laughs> if you know which fucking band going through, that's uh, yeah. And I, I ain't keeping that tone up at all. I'll tell you that now. Because <laughs> I said, Wolverhampton doesn't do fucking shock jock well. I do not have a voice or a face for radio, as it happens. <laughs> you got the mind for radio. I got the little toe. <laughs> but yeah, Pontypool. Uh a, yes. like out of the fucking blue. I think it was it was a book first. I say I think it's a book. It was a book first. Mm-hmm. Uh, a trilogy eventually that was wrote by a fella by the name of Tony Burgess, who did a few other things, like Idaho Winter. There's a book about a mild winter and the Hellmouths of Beaudley. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Sounds <laughs> up my alley. Hellmouse would be it just to me, it just sounds there's there's a place called Beaudley that has a fudge shop. Mm-hmm. Um in England side, obviously Canada obviously takes off, and I can just see like the, the fucking Karen's, the fat Karen's descending on this poor fucking fudge shop. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> just like Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> worse. At least they didn't yeah. berate you. <laughs> yeah, a Pontypool, yeah. um for anyone who hasn't Quarter yet, for anyone who hasn't watched it, I highly recommend it. Uh, but before you jump into this, we spoil it to all hell. Uh, just go out and watch it. If not through the uh, film version, uh, which I think is available on Amazon, at least in the UK, uh, there's a radio version that's through the BBC that's, I would argue, equally as good. Kind of an Orson Welles vibe thing going on. War of the World shit. Fun stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're on the go, radio broadcast is perfect. That's a I know what I was doing. I was listening, doing something else for the radio play because it's uh, it's good. It's the it's cut. There's a lot of stuff that's cut from it, but it's it's fantastic on its own. It's only like an hour long. Yep, fifty three. Yeah, classic fucking radio broke. It takes me back. My uh, mom, when I was a kid, she bought me a load of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy videotapes. Oh, nice, wonderful shit. Just a read through by yeah. Douglas Adams, but oh, so good. Hmm. Whole fucking series, four box. I got my nan that as well. Fucking adored it. The the later two books that no one ever touches has some of the funniest shit in it. Like this one poor fucker who just coincidentally has a rain cloud pouring down on him constantly. <laughs> Everything explained. Just wherever he goes, this rain cloud is just above him. <laughs> what he fucking does. Nothing to it. Poor bastard. Now that we're in, now that we're in the era of uh, AI, my dream can finally come true, and I can finally have Christopher Walken read me Doctor Seuss. Because isn't that like the perfect combination right there? Here we go to eggs, green ham. <laughs> take your eggs, and you push them on. All the wonderful things Mister Brown can do. I'm, I'm so German, bad, so fucking German. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that did sound a little German, dude. <laughs> you know, Christopher Walken, you need to know when to throw in the voice problems. <laughs> I, 
I can do a fucking good one when I'm not this pissed. This is mm. one of the few. Right, but yeah. Uh, Pontypool. <laughs> uh, small little indie film that was directed and wrote, um, in part, obviously taken from the original book by a Bruce MacDonald, who had done Hardcore, Logo, Dreamland, Hellions, and a lot of other stuff, most of which are very fucking good. Dreamland is kind of a push-on from this, uh, with a lot of the same cast and crew as well, which you'll see here. Uh, Bruce MacDonald, one of the few people in Canada, no offence, actually all offence fucking intended, one of the few <laughs> people not keeping like the Canadian film industry as a complete joke. It's, yeah, it's like what Neil Peart was to the music scene in Canada, <laughs> and now that Rush isn't producing shit, it's what Carly Rae Jepsen, Justin Bieber, and Nickelback are the best that Canada has to offer. We're, it's something, alright? It's the best we can do. You've got the bare-naked ladies, that's the fucking pinnacle er, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do we really haven't been able to top Norm MacDonald with a bare name BNL, as they're known here. Um, <laughs> but... BNL. <laughs> not yeah. important enough for an acronym. Excuse me? <laughs> Ex- you, shit. you take that back, alright? <laughs> do that cultural, uh... Canadian iconography, uh, Bruce McDonald also did a couple episodes of Degrassi The Next Generation, one of two shows known outside of Canada, uh, the other one being some of that Ice and Beavers, uh, Beaver fucking, no, no, sorry, it was uh, Trailer Park Boys, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did a couple episodes of Degrassi where he mentioned the book, he mentioned Pontypool within them. Uh, oh. So he was neat. always a fucking fan. Uh, I think it was unknown relatively from what I've seen uh, around. Yeah, uh, writer and author Tony Burgess, who said all the fun stuff. Uh, Cast-wise, we've got uh, Lisa Howell, who's playing Sydney, uh, also in Dreamland, uh, Ejecta, which I think is just a porn version of Electra and Daredevil. Uh, <laughs> awful fucking name in downtown. My, <laughs> my porn name downtown. And then uh, <laughs> married to Stephen McHattie, who's playing Grant, our radio jock, our shock jock, uh, who, Jesse Stone, Death in Paradise, which is a Tom Selleck thing, and there are like 12 of the fucking things. Eight, eight really? to be specific, yeah. And they're all like, not not recent, obviously, but relatively recent. It's just, it, it's giving me Jean-Claude Van Damme flashbacks. Worrying me a lot. Uh, also in Wolves, Dreamland, again. Fun stuff. Uh, Hellmouth. Uh, History of Violence, the Cronenberg film. Absolutely. Love classic. that one. Bigger, more yeah. so. I've always said I prefer Cronenberg's uh, non horror stuff. Um, Yeah, I can agree with that. His son also is in that same category. If I were to play, have you seen? Is it is David Cronenberg's son, I think? Yeah, Brandon Cronenberg. Brandon Cronenberg, uh, yes. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. Possessor. Infinity Pool thus far. Oh, really? Yeah, that's it. Oh man, I am so when uh, I don't even know if I can get into it. But when Mia Goth cranked off that guy, I was he was such a lucky man because I don't know. I think I might be with the whole no eyebrows thing. I don't know. It kind of works for me. Works for Charlotte, but he's uh, is he, is he got he's doing job? great. He's doing brilliantly. Yeah, he, he's, he's not fucked at all. His his reasoning and his thought process is uh. His genuine decision making is is brilliant. So just do it. That's that's all. You, just do it. It's I mean legally distinct from the other one. Just hire I out guess. the entire theater and pretend to be a cannibal. <laughs> just do it. 
But Infinity Pool uh, Possessor is the one I would recommend because that is, um, I, I'd like borderline horror is what I was getting at. I think it is in the same vibe as uh, History of Violence. With History of Violence, there's also the Jeremy Irons one, the twin thing, which is that. Oh, Dead Ringers. Well. Yeah. I I never bothered with that because I don't like. <laughs> I don't like like it was all sex stuff, right? Uh, that's what I thought about it. No, no. And I don't. Yeah. Uh, sex Cronenberg stuff. Sex body horror. No, I no. I guess just it's, body it's, horror. It's, it's like a, a set. Uh, there's, there's some measure of that, but it's more kind of a a drama between the two twins. Like, it's not okay. Like deteriorate. No, it's very good. Is it? Okay. It's, I just thought it's I, not I, I, sex I, shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. I imagined it would be one of those types of movies it's that would make me like, brood, cross man. my life. It's not teeth. It's not weird shit. <laughs> it's, it's not teeth. No, They're fucking. Um, it, I read the book. The book's good as well. Um, it's not, oh, okay. It's not called Dead Ringers. I think it's Twins. Is the name of the book. Is it? Top of my head, something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. I thought that. Dead Ringers. Okay. You said Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah it's Jeremy Irons, twins. right? The, the book originally is called something different, and then the film. Oh, I see. Dead Ringers. That's a Jeremy Irons version. Oh, I see. Both of which okay. were very well fucking done. But yeah, it's like two. Uh, Two plastic surgeons in the medical profession, uh, mm-hmm. twins who are like obsessed with fucking beauty and all this shit. They, uh, one of them falls in love with a woman, and then things go to shit. There's like drug overdoses, fucking getting hooks on their own cams. Hmm. Standard shit. It, it's very well done. Mostly because of Jeremy Irons, to be fair, and Cronenberg, yeah. presumably, was all directed. But yeah, um, <laughs> presumably, finish off with uh, Georgina Lane, Georgina Riley. What we get Lane from? Uh, who's playing uh, Laura Lann, uh, who was in uh, This Movie is Broken, The L.A. Complex, and Match Me If You Can, which I believe... Uh, I, I Match? It. Match Me If You Can, yeah. Not which, Catch? No. Oh. No, um... Is it a romance? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, too, I've, I've put this in my notes, too. This woman looks incredibly close to Anna Faris. Uh, old Anna Faris. Dark-haired Anna Faris. <laughs> You know, funny. I was I was watching uh the faculty. There's a girl in that, uh, Mary Beth, that looks really fucking close to Anna Faris. Really? And she's called I... Anna Harris. Fucking no. Yeah. Are you serious? Her character, or her real life. Her real life name. <laughs> okay, because I I want to say I remember faculty. I know Usher was in it. It, it was something Harris. Fucking... It might not have been Anna. Yeah. I might be fucking. Yeah, it was Usher, but it was something uh... Harris. I know for a fact. And I thought she looks exactly like fucking Anna Faris from that era. Okay. Um I'll explain I'll explain the bit after, but I just have to say this. So I know Usher's in it, and I know the guy from fucking uh Harry Potter, Elijah Wood is in it. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay, see, there we go. Um that's what I wanted to explain after is I do my bit is to purposely mix those two actors together and see if anybody Get notices fuck. and to talk shit on Lord of the Rings because a lot of people love Lord of the Rings and oh, I kind of thought they are overrated <laughs> uh, if you go to Instagram at semicyclerfilm.com you can see my mama kill that I spent hours painting oh no yeah. um, oh man oh I'm gonna have Great fun with you with my Lord of the Rings trivia. Oh, yeah, don't, don't fuck Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Mate, I'm nine grand in the hole. I don't care how shit it might be. Um, Dobby and Gandalf are basically the same character. <laughs> Budget box office. <laughs> 
Yeah, ignore that. Pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, There's more to come. <laughs> budget all in US fucking dollars. 1.5 million. Uh, and the box office, uh, I'm going to let you guess, mate. Because I, I saw it, and I was box? fucking oh. astounded at the number. Completely flummoxed. I, I checked okay. several sources. Really? Um, yeah. The, the like, box it, office returns? The box office returns, they they are fucking incredible in one direction. Hmm. I'm going to say 80. 80,000. 80,000. Yeah. I mean, compared to like the 1.5 million, you're not far off. Um, <laughs> 35,000. Really? Yeah, oh, my. The exact, was it? Yeah, $31,916. And their budget was what, sorry? 1.5 million. Oh yikes! Oh, that was a major flop, bro. Yikes! That's not just a major flop. That's like the biggest one I think we've ever done on this show. Yeah, that is that is abysmal. Staggering. That's like uh, that's like I guess nothing will ever beat Morbius. A ninety-nine percent loss there. Uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is for for the quality of my big thing about movies like this is fucking concepts. So the idea itself uh we'll get into it but uh i just want to get that out there so i can remember it when it gets brought up uh once we get into the story part of this uh just quickly go for a trivia then um yep. so yeah the grassy shit i think i've already mentioned anyway and the yeah yep. the radio play it's about six minutes long if you want to find it i know for a fact it's on the iplayer uh, in the uk if you're listening from here i know most of you aren't so you can find it for other sources. I ain't gonna mention, but it's readily available. It's it's easy to find, and it should be listened to because it's the same cast, more or less. Uh, and it's, yes, it's yeah. Oh yeah, match me if you can. I forgot to mention. Uh, it's uh, it's a dating it's a website thing. Yeah, sort of. It's a woman who can't find any dates online, and so she becomes like a martyr for lost fucking single people, but it's got the woman in this who looks a bit like Anna Faris, and so she's a little hot. And it doesn't make much sense, because anyone with a fucking brain cell and a dick would go for that. Maybe I'm just projecting. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> so, our lead is a shock jock, which I think is a, it's a dying art, somewhat. Shock jock, or at least on standard radio, I think, terrestrial radio. It's a dying art. I believe that podcasts are probably uh, killing shock jock stuff right now. I don't know how popular Sirius XFM, CSFM is, or whatever they call it, XFM, but I know a lot of the Spotify stuff is killing. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, I think, like, back back in the 80s, 90s, some of the shit that a uh, friend of mine has shown me. Uh, to be a shock jock, you just have to basically say tits, be a bit sacrilegious, and occasionally show be a testicle. Raunchy. Yeah, yeah. a bit Look raunchy. It, like... Do nothing else beyond that. You, you didn't even have to fucking expose yourself. Yeah, Howard Stern is the prime example of this, because Howard Stern, very much more so than his good qualities, which I'm having a hard time thinking of outside of, I think he called out fucking um, ah, what's his name? Andy Dick. Or something. How how being... fucking hard is it to not call out Andy Dick? Andy Dick. Everybody does it. Yeah, everyone does. Is... I mean, I think yeah. we've been fucking interviewed about Andy Dick at some point. <laughs> <On national, laughs> at this point, radio. Yeah, I think everyone. Yeah, 
but I, uh, I, I'm not affected by Andy Dick in any way, shape, or form. I'm British, and either. I've heard of Andy fucking Dick. Yeah, about how gross and weird. So that doesn't and... count. No, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. How it stands as a decent interview. I'll give him that. He does, but he is very much so a fucking gross shock jock. He's doing a there's so many instances of people going on to his show and being fucked with. Didn't he make didn't he didn't he like prompt incest between a brother and sister or something like that, I think. You see, weirdly uh, that that to me now feels like some I'm gonna sound like a like proper cultural warrior here, but it, it feels like <laughs> a, a boomer kind of reacting to the modern sentiments and trying too hard to be shocking. He's, I, back in the day, yeah, you just had to be raunchy. You had to basically be like a fucking carry-on film. And it... I mean, for the time, it wasn't that groundbreaking. They were annoying as shit, but you tolerated them because the other choice was the fucking archers with someone in an RP talking about classical music. Yeah. That was about it. That was your two fucking options. So you took the guy who occasionally talks about ball sweat, and you tolerated it. The thing is, nowadays, um, our shock jocks are people like Alex Jones, who go up to Sandy Hook survivors and go, you fucking... <laughs> you fucking liar. <laughs> you fucking liar. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're a bullshit shit. artist. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe your kid got murdered. And uh, our shock jocks back in the day were people like Jimmy Savile, who used to uh, fuck children. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the fucking uh, scope now. Which means that shock jocks, I think, have got... Well, they've got a mountain to fucking climb over now to actually shock people is the problem. And they don't don't exist on a serious <laughs> radio. I and mean, yeah, we've got Jimmy Savile, who used to fiddle children. Who wasn't even a shock jock, actually. No, so he was just on the radio. It's the fucking market. And you have people like Chris Miles, who's a fat prick. Not even fat, actually. That's a lie. He looks, you know the guy from uh, The Truman Show? The, oh, the guy Jim who like, runs Gary? the fucking thing. Yeah. I can't remember the actor's name. He's good. He's in fucking uh, Glenn, Glenn Ross thing. The South thing, yeah. Um, Ed Helm. Ed Helm? Not Ed Helm. Ed something. Ed Harris. Ed Harris, yeah. Wasn't he... No, I was going to say, wasn't he in... Uh... Imagine, like, Ed Harris's role in fucking The Truman Show, but more annoying, that's Chris Morrill's. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shock Jocks ain't a thing. And I think this film does a really good job of showing that even in 2008, they were a dying fucking art. It's this... <laughs> Poor guy. It's his, it's his first day or like his first week. I think it's, it's implied that he hasn't been here long, at least. Mm. He's kind of getting his heels in. Um, because Grant Grant Mazzy is uh, he's he's a bit too enthusiastic. I think he's, he's not unfunny. He's charismatic, definitely. Yeah. I mean, one thing I will say the radio show definitely loses uh, is a lot of the visual performance from Stephen uh, McCatty, who is excellent in showing yes. the hesitation. That's one thing it absolutely loses. Yeah. Um, for like radio jockeys, I'm not sure like the shock dog aspect of it, but uh, the one person who comes to me in mind uh, who would who is always like, is this a really good storyteller? Uh, you might laugh at this is fucking Kevin Smith. <laughs> No, Kevin, he is Kevin, this... Kevin Smith's hundred percent. Yeah, no, I'll go. Yeah, he would be fantastic on radio. I know he does like a podcast thing. He has like a this guy can't like someone. It it might get to the point where it needs to be like written into law how many podcasts a single person can have because uh, like 
this guy's putting in numbers, that's for sure. Like, dude. I've had to, like, Kevin Smith's asked to guest on this so many times. I've had to, <laughs> had to block his emails. <laughs> At times, just collaborate. He does that to everyone, though. I'm not special. Mm. The Warhammer podcast I uh, subscribe to, he, he asked them. Fucking weird. <laughs> now, he, he is, like, the, the story he did about um, Barbara Streitan's hairdresser. Yeah, yeah that's um, the funniest fucking ten minutes I've ever listened to. It is amazing. Yeah, in the evening with Kevin Smith. Uh, I need to go rewatch the other ones because they're all great. And for a while, uh, at one point, I was in a hospital for some dumb shit, and I was using his um, getting uh, what is it? Jay and Silent Bob get old. Uh, I was using that to just kind of get me through it because, like, you don't gotta. TV in there or whatever. I didn't have one anyway. Out of room to myself, so like I don't got nobody to talk to or anything. Like just stare out the window or whatever. Use this podcast about how Jason Muse was super addicted to heroin and how they struggled to get him off it, get him clean. And this podcast was uh, a a tool to help him stay clean. Cause like yeah, just get up there and talk about it. Like if it keeps you from doing drugs, fucking do it. And yeah, guy's been sober ever, sober ever since. I think I could need on myself while talking. <laughs> you sorry? I think I could manage that. I could I could yeah. have a needling while talking. Yeah. My okay. voice might like push up a bit. Yeah, maybe. I am not sure that'd be quite the deterrent. Maybe in like a live format. There's there's a bit of a stage fright. Mm. Trying to like heat up the heroin in the spoon. I don't know how heroin's done. That's the thing that works so well for them because Kevin Smith is so great at telling stories. And, uh, he, like, Jason Muse is just a naturally charismatic guy, because he's that one dude who will just fucking say shit. Like, say really next shit, too. That, like, it'll, it's a, it's a funny thing, and it would be, like, offensive coming from somebody else, because, like, from somebody else it'd be said with earnest, but he just says it, like, I don't know, the way, the way Kevin Smith describes it and the way Jason Muse talks, you can 100% see exactly what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. I think the best way it was described was he has a heart of a child, basically. He's just, like, innocent. He's not malicious in any regard. And he just says this shit, like... Which is, uh, so... Oh, man, say, that's a that's, blessing. That's a bad fucking description, though. Just like the that heart, is a bad the, description? Yeah, the heart of a child is so <laughs> innocent, is how I describe a child murderer. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe. Like, you seem like fucking Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Where he's, he's oh, yeah. poor little fuck. That's how I describe he's got the that mind of a child, yeah. though. Yeah, got the big ass, strong hands of a man, though. <laughs> that Grant isn't such a fucking hot hit on the radio, and he's got no. Yeah, there's the the weird woman that stops his car on the way down, running into the snow, um, which she's gonna fucking die. She's gonna melt into fucking freezing. Mm-hmm. Did you play it with subtitles? Because I was trying to read her lips, and I think she said slut. Um, no, sure. it wasn't slut. It was... It wasn't? Uh, I don't think I wrote it down, but yeah, I was reading with subtitles. Repeating a word? I should put repeating word. Shit, it wasn't slut, though. I think it might have been no. sample, actually, because that comes in later. Oh, yeah, shit. I wrote for down... sample, and then continued saying sample. Yeah, that was it. Um, somebody else, I think somebody else's word is samples. Oh. Uh, Ken's was, 
later in. Ken's? And... Oh, Ken's was, yeah, because yeah. he says, uh, oh, we'll get, we'll get into it. Yeah, because yeah. I wrote it down. He says sample, then it uh, simple, like malforms uh, into simple. Yeah, we'll get into it because it starts off with symbol. But yeah. either way, I, <laughs> I don't want to jump the gun on that. Metastasizes and shit. Mm. Yeah, she she does that and then she really freezes to death in the middle of the fucking winter. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, really quick too. Um, did I write it down? No, I didn't, but I remembered. The opening of it, when they're playing the sound waves and stuff, two things about that, because it looks like, for me anyway, this is just my interpretation or whatever, it looks like from the sound waves, the virus is being born, right? Because in the center of the screen, it starts to like kind of expand like um i can't remember what it's called it's been ages since i did fucking uh science but like the 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 cell uh the cell uh morphology i guess i don't know evolution of a cell the application it looks like a cell is expanding yeah, yeah it's look, it looks like it's expanding and then on top of that you have the um the letters slowly reveal which, like, if you look at them, I, I wonder if it was in, intentional, but, like, you look at them and you read them, and it kind of reminds me of how every infection happens in the movie, sort of, because it's, like, Pontipu, and, like, the first couple of words are typo, like, ty- typo, 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 like, I don't know. If you see it, you'll understand what I mean. Yeah, I hope I don't sound... Kind of, it starts on typo, then it evolves into the actual word that they keep repeating. Yeah, but it, it the way it evolves is... Like, it reminded me of how they were being infected. I hope I'm not talking bullshit here. No, no, here, no, but... like, 100%. Funny thing about that, the typo shit, uh, the author, there's a story about where he was driving around and they needed an author picture for Hell's Mouth of Beardsley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he was going to do it in front of a train track of some sort, but there was no light available. And so he went to this small town in Ontario called Pontypool. And they had a picture taken. Um, and Beasley sort of had typo in the name, and that was kind of cool. He uh, used that in his future stories. So I would hmm. not be surprised at all if that was intentional. Yeah. I I just thought it was a ni- uh, neat little thing that I noticed at the beginning. Um, if that is the case, I don't know if it is intentional for like, especially the, the, the virus thing and it being born. If it were to actually, like if we were to get a, a, a visual representation of what a virus living in human language look like, especially with what it does to the people in this movie, it would look like that to me. Logically, right? I don't know if I'm I think you're crazy. Pushing that there shouldn't be any logic to it. There ain't any logic to it. Yeah. It, it no, I'm just saying, like, shit. yeah, yeah, because it looks like chaos. It looks like the 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 words are losing all their meaning or whatever, expanding and becoming something more or whatever. But I think I might be going too. I think I might be looking too far into the opening title. <laughs> they thought it just. Oh, this he's looks been, really cool. That was it. Like ten years, he's been running yeah. this shit. So it could be very much I so hope intentional. He's put some thought into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send an email off. I'll ask him. Yeah. Fuck it. And if he gets back, is the opening? The time, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll is the opening sound wave the birth of the virus? Yeah, I'll put something in here. After, if he gets back to me, I'll give him a tweet and shit. Or whatever the fuck kids do these days. <laughs> TikToks. Let's send them a TikTok, yeah. yeah I'll, slide I'll into those in DMs, in, as they say. An interpretive dance. That's TikTok, hey, right? So... They do dance and shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, they do. So, so Hey, I thought your movie was on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you heard that? <laughs> Never. 
The only way really? I keep up with TikTok is for like Tom Segura's wife. So, quick update. I sent off a TikTok, uh, slightly the nude, and he banned me from everywhere and set a few police reports on. So, uh, that's that. No update on Fontypool. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a lot of... the only way. I, I, I of... as a 23-year-old, am informed about TikTok by a 48-year-old. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. How times have changed. Uh, yeah, he grants yeah, driving off going into work as he listens to himself over the radio, you little dick. Fucking arrogant, narcissistic <laughs> bastard. You hear just random shit that he talks about. Fucking uh, spazzing into talks about coincidences. That's just shock jocks being too happy with their own voices. Wouldn't you be? If your voice sounded like that, I know I couldn't stop listening. That, that voice is fucking like incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when um he... When it clicks in the the audio direction, when it clicks into like, all right, he's on the radio, and it gets like an emphasis in the uh the audio design there, it's it sounds so oh so sexy. It's still talking fucking bullshit. It's talking bullshit <laughs> to people you could. probably more well, they... in need of a fucking therapist than entertainment. <laughs> like like the people listening to this. If you do need therapy, therapy is expensive. If you do need Come therapy, here. you can go to BetterHelp. If you want to be fucked over by people who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and I should know. I work there. No. <laughs> yeah, we, we value our listeners here. We don't we don't say anything about help. We don't say anything to awful therapists. What we do recommend is whiskey. Just copious amounts of whiskey. Just, Just drink it. Bottle drink your it feelings down. away, drink it. Yeah. Die at the age of fifty. And uh yeah, truck on. That's that's what I recommend. That that's my fucking tip for this episode. Don't go to therapy, just drink. <laughs> drink the amount I do. And uh, enjoy your life. We get an introduction of <laughs> the other two uh, main fucking characters. We've got kind of Grant, our like a gravelly, yeah, I think it's the word, gravelly smooth talker. 100, uh, 100%. Sydney the cynic. And uh, Laurel, Laurel Ann, the lapdog. Laurel fucking Ann, poor bastard. Lapdog, puppy. The lapdog. I'm going with lapdog. Yeah. Well, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same she's, thing. She's she's adorable. Yeah. Um. I put this in my notes. Um. I described her as puppy like, and I said I, I I'm very glad that they didn't do any romance stuff at all because it was either she has a, a major crush on Grant. Or it is just complete admiration for what he does. She just genuinely looks up to him. It's not expanded on, and it is not ruined by having him. I'd suck your dick, like or some whatever, right? <laughs> Fucking Zack Snyder's like Pontypool. Yeah, him. I was like, if it was gonna be Zack Snyder shit, Sydney and Grant would be in a relationship, and they'd be on the rocks or like separated, and he would be. Uh, secretly going with her, and then some. At some point in the movie, it would be revealed that they've been together. Um, that's that's exactly what they would do, and you know I'm right. If you wanted to add a, a twist to it, then you could make her and Laurel Ann, which, to be honest, all right, I'm up for it. It's, it's Zack Snyder. You have to add the sepia filters in, and there'd be a betrayal <laughs> arc somewhere in there as well. Fucking dog running out. I will never forget what Zack Snyder said about Batman. Unprompted. 
about Justice League, unprompted. Did you hear about that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't about? think I want to repeat it on this. No? Okay. Yeah, that we probably shouldn't. Fucked. No. It was really weird. Unprompted. It, it was bizarre, no one brought it up. Seriously nowhere fucked in, up. Huge yeah, fucked up. Just why that was that that's on your mind when you're thinking about Batman, bro? Like, goddamn! All right. <laughs> uh, it was like it, it was a fucked up level of unpromptness on the level of just like mentioning uh, that is HP the definition of cat. That's it's like that level. <laughs> yeah, you just don't don't touch it. What Zack Snyder <laughs> said was de- like the definition of out of pocket. Like, bro, that, what? <laughs> what did he say? Uh, yeah, we get some stuff around the blizzard pushing off outside as well to kind of set up the whole atmosphere. They're in, uh, I think they call it the Beacon. The Beacon is the radio station. Radio, you're now locked into Station 660. Radio Beacon, or whatever they call it. I can't remember. <laughs> now locked into the Beacon, Station 660. Yeah, there's 659 at least. Talking about ice fishing. <laughs> Nothing but ice yeah. fishing. Fucking Canada, where there's nothing to do. You can get get killed by a moose. That'd rural, be pretty. rural Canada, you could get killed by a moose. Yeah, nobody tells you. At least, like, not blatantly. But now people are discovering it. Don't fuck with moose. I went to Sweden. I paid three hundred and fifty quid for a moose tour, and I saw no moose. I saw nothing but <laughs> fucking fucking road here. Endless stream of road deer. They gave me a vegan, vegan fucking dinner with like rice and peas and shit. No, not even a moose like bit in the dinner. You should eat that. moose. That's the what you. Yeah, <laughs> fucking moose tour. I want to eat some moose. Yeah, it was nothing but fucking road deer. I was so annoyed with that shit. Uh, still, still I have seen a moose. It was in Stockholm Zoo. Yeah, they're they huge, moose. right? They're fucking massive. Yeah, they're, like they're two, gigantic. Two tons. Yeah. Um, I, I can only just... imagine how terrifying it would be if a moose was like repeating words in this. Fuck. Oh, me. God. Yeah, there's. Um, I'm waiting for like some stories from this like online anthology shit that I read. Um, one is deer that are significantly different than regular deer. Like they'll stand up on two legs and shit. And if they notice you noticing them. That, that's uh, that they SCP stalk you. Shit. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's exactly shit. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. They like they'll have like their head will be on backwards, or they'll have different hooves. Like they won't even have the some will have human thousands of years though. They'd be able to adapt. I they'd hope so. I, and even I mean, if, if they couldn't, they're that fucking stupid. I'm not that worried about them stalking me. To be honest. I am. I am. Uh, my finger was not on the pulse. I guess I don't know where it was, but it wasn't there. I, yeah, uh, they're either and... blind or they're thick as shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really that worried about them. It's free material. Out. Yeah, it is. Um, some creator, Lord Bung, I just <laughs> discovered. He was the only guy. Do you know about him? Did you Did you no. hear about that? No, I don't know. No? Lord Bung. Yeah, Lord Bung, you can look him up. He made this series of SCP uh, stuff that was actually really, really dope. And then he fell off hardcore because he accused somebody of Lord fucking yeah, yeah. He accused somebody of some pretty serious stuff, and then it just fell off from there. And he wasted all the money he used to make this series. And... Imagine like sitting down there going, "The best authors." I want to be called Lord Bung. We've got Tony Burgess. We've got David Cronenberg doing film shit. 
And we've got Lord Bung. <laughs> Lord fucking Bung. Yeah. Bad name, good content, bad person. <laughs> well, I don't want to say bad person because, like, standard, you know what I mean. Standard internet person. Uh, yeah, for what happens, yeah, probably bad person. Either way. Yeah. Sorry, that was so off rail. Blizzard and shit. <laughs> yeah, you're Blizzard. On the, you're on the wrong show if you're apologizing for that. And off Still at the opening. <laughs> we're, we're, we're below the hour mark right now, so we're on track. <laughs> I've, I've judged, si- Silent Hill, I think, is the worst one. That went on for an hour really? and a half before we started. Oh, God. Uh, I could understand that. that I like a, that movie, though, that to be honest. Ty talking for an hour and a half about the game. Oh, no. Yeah, because you just that. That's the sad part about it, because with Silent Hill, the guy who made it scared fucking a lot. He's the like, only one who played it as well, Ty. Exactly. Ty's the only one who went through it, so me and like Steph were just asking him questions on Silent Hill, and that went on for 90 fucking minutes. <laughs> okay, just for context. Left for a moment. Going back to Ken in the Sunshine Chopper. Uh, I'm going to put mm-hmm. in a fucking chopper sound. Like, fucking hell. Check it, check it, check it, check that, that train. Close enough, though. Uh, uh, taking the skies, uh, in, which is a car. It's, it's cute. It's very cute. It was, yeah. He is a pedophile, um, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> what a weird... Mate, I, burst he, that, no, I... I burst that laughing for that. Me too. Because it's like, okay, this guy knows, whoever whoever wrote this knows somebody named Ken who they fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> this is that character. Because Ken was a really nice guy, but the name Ken Lodi, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, similar to uh, to somebody he dislikes very much. I just love the, the, uh, the way that dialogue went forward. It's like, Ken, well, I wasn't really friends with him. Yeah. Or colleagues, you wouldn't leave with kids. What? And then just he was a pedophile. Oh, just the layers. That's a, yeah, that's the thing too. Because I think they they said it was alleged too. Because that's what I put in my notes. Because it's not in the radio play. They completely skip that over and they just leave Ken as like just a just as he is. I'm gonna and then presume that was something added in by the director then. I want to say so. Yeah, somebody didn't like a Ken. It's fucking uh, funny, they, though. They, yeah, they ran with that opportunity. Just out of nowhere. Oh, ugh. yeah, Ken's a nice guy, but you know. <laughs> Makes a mean Sunday roast. <laughs> and for five pounds extra, also spit roast your kids. Oh, that's, that's getting no. edited. That's getting edited out. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> that's, that's going. Through, I think it helps as well that Ken seems like the most innocent fucking person in the world for all this, but he does. And I don't know who voiced you, mate, so didn't put it down. Uh, so apologies. You sound a bit like a pedo. Just, just oh my little, god, just a tinge. <laughs> Jesus, it's a bit pathetic for the voice what? lines. Yeah, ma- <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just taking from the prior, like the what I know in the future. Yeah, projecting that knowledge against the previous. There you fucking go. <laughs> That's how it is. Word. It, I have to think it's intentional. 
because like it is such a weird thing to do to a character who is so like unassuming. I have to wonder if it's like don't judge a book by its cover thing because all of the characters in this can't really be judged by what they immediately do. I, I think they are. Yeah, I guess I, maybe I is that the... it's just funny. I think I'm yeah. happy to. Yeah, I might be looking just, too it's much. It's just a funny like yeah. push off of that one. Yeah, um, and yeah. because like it was so out. That's out of pocket as well. Because like. Eh, I'm just mad that they made a, such a nice, like, a chill dude who gives us so much it's for the story. <laughs> I know, but he's a pedophile. But, like, oh, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, no! Can't, no! Oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you have, I mean, with that, you have uh, Ken, Ken go around fiddling our kids, Grant go around fiddling our ears, he goes through global warming jokes. I was going to go raping. I thought it'd be a bit much. Global <laughs> warming jokes, pot problems, and genuinely being a like a subpar shock jock. Maybe not subpar. I haven't listened to that era. I'm too young to go for it. I yeah, I had it um, noted down, and I can't remember if I got it from the movie. But he was. I had written down that he was a big fish in a small pond, not through choice, not. <laughs> through of means of he can't make it out of this town but he something happened and he was uh placed at this area that was what he thought was lesser or whatever because he is if we're gonna use like popularity terms like an alex jones kind of because he kind of sounds like him um i don't know if he's like super the frogs are gay or whatever the fuck it is who's that fucking the curly black-haired lad you were talking about earlier really black name scares me entirely um, shock, shock, <laughs> shit. Shock, shock. Oh, um, fucking. Uh, <laughs> how can I forget oh, his shit. name too? Ah, we're professionals here. And we are. We are very professional. Got it ready. I, I feel like there's an alternate universe where that fella ends up in this exact position. <laughs> not, not even in like some nowhere New York place, just in Canada, inexplicably. It'd be so useful. Just... Alex Jones, I think, would actually be quite useful in this situation. You see, speaks <laughs> yeah, nonsense much. anyway. Howard Stern. Howard Fuck. Stern, yeah. How did we forget that? If, if I had an announcer pushing my death, I'd rather it be Alex Jones than Howard Stern. Uh, in fact, yeah. if I could pick anyone, Alex Jones, to just narrate my dying hours. <laughs> Fucking up. In Karen's last moments. <laughs> drank some of that fluoride. <laughs> like... <laughs> you watch any of his Joe Rogan shit? It's fucking hilarious! Oh God, yes, yeah. Joe, you already know. No, no, Joe, you already, you already know what I'm talking about. He's I'm not <laughs> genuinely mentally disturbed. I loved it when Kanye West went on to his shit, and Alex Jones looked like the most reasonable person in the room. That was holy fuck. When you're that from, was when you cross from a gay fish. Can you do? <laughs> it's still an amphibian, right? Wait, are fish amphibians? No, no, no. That's, fish that's fish. frogs, mate. That's that's the gay yeah. frogs. Oh, the gay fish. That's, that's gay not, frogs. Everything, everything's gay now. The world's fucking going to shit anyway. Might as well end mm. it. The world is definitely going to frogs shit. Frogs got man. the right fucking Good idea Lord. there. How is it in September? We're still breaking record heats. Excuse me. Like, bro, 
in multiple that's a thing too in multiple places not just in one like it's not just a set record an average an average is concerning this is multiple people What's in that? September. Have you had to take off your second lumberjack jacket? as Canadian. Yeah. Jesus like, Christ. Like what the fuck? You have to, take off you have to put a one of your like hats usually. On. Yeah, usually we're good with cold. Like you'll see people fucking rocking t-shirt and shorts out here in the middle of fucking January. And now but, they're <laughs> na- now they're naked. That's what <laughs> just a massive nudist colony. The blizzard in uh in Pontypool that that is a Canadian summer back in two thousand eight. Well, it's going to be the rise of furries in Canada. It's going to be the rise of furries because they won't be able to go out there naked. They'll have to be able to wear some type of furry insulation. Staple beavers themselves. (laughs) Furry suits are notoriously hot, right? So they go for the fucking um, oh the the Luke Skywalker in Episode Five. They just cut into a moose and just hide in the middle. I would slice into a furry to keep myself warm. Just saying. As it's doing the world a favor. It's doing, yeah. You're probably doing them a favor too. They're probably stuck in that. I know a couple of them. Yeah. It'd be sticky to get for it. Very warm though, but sticky. Ugh. I, ugh. That's. Push into this. Sydney, uh, yeah. she, she froze against Grant quite a lot. And Grant looks like, yeah, a, a big fish in a small pond. Um, against his own will, and he's very sad. Just incredibly fucking sad for the entire runtime. Here especially, yes. though, it, you can see a very sad uh, I'm an old man who wanted to be more in my life, but this is what I'm content to. I now have to talk to old women worried about their cats going missing. <laughs> I have to be an uh, agony aunt. I have to be one of those cunts who talks to people who have problems, send it in to unqualified dickheads on the radio and hope yeah. their answers are fucking manifested. Lost cats. Uh, through his actions, I have interpreted what may have caused him to be struck so low and that he was embellishing stories because that is what he does, uh, as we will get into throughout the entirety of this, uh, to speak on big fish in a small pond. And it is quite entertaining, to be fair. Yeah, and the guy ro- like rolls in. I mean, good for you. If you can do it, if you're confident enough as a white person, because uh, mostly I would imagine that white people would do it, but if you're an, especially another race, then holy fuck, you got some balls on you to rock a cowboy hat day in, day out. Fucking Canada. Um, Hannibal Buress would do this shit. Hannibal Buress? Um, yeah, he could pull it off, because it's like but I mean, if it's a part of your identity type of thing, like, yeah, no, I'm the cowboy hat guy. For him, it'd be um, ironic. Yeah, no, I'll get what you are. Yeah, yeah. But if you're Grant, which it looks like he is, he was wearing that shit every day. And I actually, now that I'm saying it, I'm coming up with another theory that he got fired because he refused to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> he just would not stop wearing a cowboy hat. And they, Grant, we, I, we, we can't. It's just we have protocol. We can't have hats in the office. We can't have you bringing Spurs in. It messes with the radio yeah. calls. We can just hear the singing. You, you can't. You can't fire a revolver off. You fired a gun off on an accident in the office, man. Like in the studio, people are traumatized. This is America. Like this is America. <laughs> he came from the states too. That's another part of the backstory. <laughs> He made it big in the States and New York, 
and uh, back in Canada after he got thrown out for. He went way... to New York. Went to Texas. <laughs> and fucked those over. He was too far on that. <laughs> Grant, you got on the air and you asked people if they honky tonk so hard at the moonlit night that they yeehaw themselves. What was that, Grant? Ended up with a nation that couldn't be offended. <laughs> sorry. Because no, they're all drunk. Sorry. <laughs> it's weird that the, the sorry thing was a stereotype because, as far as I know, a lot of Canadians are fucking scrappers, bro. Like, yeah, you'll see, you could say sorry up until a point. They say sorry to diffuse the situation, but if it goes further beyond that, then you're getting called the fucking goof. Well, uh, I, know, I know two Canadians. I know Swiss, who was a fucking rugby player. Oh god, yeah. They yeah, they're rough on And you This is the so the crazy. one sport the one sport where they're like, Oh yeah, have a fucking scrap bud. Like sort it out. We're gonna have fucking Timmy's anyway. You do hockey like, and shit. Hockey is scary as fuck. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. the one sport where they're like, Yeah, just fucking scrap it out. Like fucking throw the sticks down and throw some scrap hands. It out. It's beat the everlasting shit out of each other. Yeah. No, that's what a scrap is. It's you do it until you're bloody on the ground and can't be yeah. called fucking human anymore. They gotta stop that shit. Every time they gotta stop that shit because they're out for fucking blood. <laughs> <laughs> fucking again, biggest fucking like most famous Canadian musician is Neil Peart, a guy who grabbed sticks and bashed fucking drums as hard as he could. Exactly. He didn't even do the it fucking like sense. cross arm shit. He used to do full on uh, open arm and he just smacks you like a fucking monkey. Still amazing, but yeah, Canadians. I don't know how they got their reputation. Maybe it's because they haven't killed the rest of the world. They've just run around like Scotsmen, <laughs> beating their shit out of people. <laughs> Sydney and all that stuff. There's there's about twenty thirty minutes, and I have to listen to the radio play a lot. This was cut out, uh, the setup kind of style, and some of the end as well. Obviously, it was the ending that changes up. But it's mostly this part because by the thirty-minute part in the film, um, they're getting into the the worrying accounts. They're getting towards it, and they're, they're kind of building that up. By the thirty-minute mark in the radio play, Ken's dead. And shout, shout. Yes, about thirty, forty minutes into it, Ken dies. Um, Which is terrifying. I want to add. In the it radio play. is harrowing everything that ken has to say so i've made specific notes because i really enjoyed some of what he says there was one i didn't really and also before this happens in the teleplay while they're talking uh sorry one sec yeah so ken is discovered after he's describing um hordes of them uh pulling somebody out of a van and he says they're biting him, but they're actually carrying them in their mouths. And then he goes on to describe them being very desperate, as if they're trying to climb their way or eat their way inside of their victims. Uh, which I noted was very fucking metal. Really, really great description stuff. And I'm, then he's discovered through... Um, gotta give props as well, should we jump on? Um, they, yeah. don't, they don't show it. And you have to kind yep. of formulate in your head exactly how that works. It is most prime example I've ever seen. The opposite of the normal rule, show, show don't tell. That's what the norm is. So this movie does the complete opposite and is done so well. 
Uh, that's why I liked Ken so much as a character before we discovered what we found out about him. Um, was that he was a, a lot of what we were going to be scared of for the rest of the movie or the teleplay is what he was describing. And what's fucked up is that that stuff really did. We didn't get to see that. We only heard it secondhand. So that gives me the impression that there's also other stuff that we haven't seen uh, these infected do. So, yeah. I don't actually see any of any of that. We see no, one person we... like go mental against a window in terms of the film. Exactly, um, yeah. I think otherwise. With, with Laurel Ann. Are we there yet for the Laurel? We're, no, we're, we're not. Nowhere yet. close. Yeah. Because we've got uh, fun stuff coming in. There's calls coming with some bizarre repetition. Uh, just everything kind of pushing around. And I, I had a look. There's an interview done on Twitch, I believe. Um, but it's been archived now. Internet archives. I think it's the only place you can find it the director of the film who i looked it up originally because i wanted to look up the epilogue you know the the after credit sequence for the film oh so god oh. i'd look at an explanation for that but yeah he he talks about <laughs> a lot of this and he said that he wanted to get an idea of a virus that could kind of infiltrate reality itself which is why there was no real pattern to it so the, the reason that kind of laurel gets infected but uh, you get Grant and what's her name? Sydney. Sydney are off the hook somewhat. It's just because the virus, it just doesn't make any sense. Jumps between, grabs onto them. There's no uh, trigger word that pushes on that shit. Uh, there, I, I, I thought there was a trigger word that was independent for each person. And the antibodies for that, so like someone's ability to fight off the virus, their white cell count, are um, completely independent to each. No, not independent. They are determined you sound by like you're fucking coming under the fucking disease right now. Uh, they're 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 um. So. We'll get we'll get into that. I'll save that for later, I guess, then, because I don't want to get too far ahead. Yeah, no, it's definitely some people can deal with it better than others. Yeah, and that's dependent on the person themselves and their ability to understand what is going on, basically, is what I was trying to say. Yeah, it's it's an understanding of communication. Being able to gather that you can't communicate right now and being able to push out of that. Exactly. I think it's impossible to describe. Because yeah. to, to describe it is to describe a lack of communication, which is like fucking anathema to the human condition. We want to be able to communicate. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. It's, it's fucking genius on the part of the author See? originally. This is this is what I was talking about earlier, if you remember, about how I think that this concept is one above all. Um, it's, it's one of the best, yeah. Yeah, Certainly. it is a, 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 such a small. What if the virus is spread through verbal communication? That's how I describe it to people. Like, what if a zombie movie, uh, was as it was, but it's spread through verbal communication? Like, and you have no idea what the trigger word is, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's that's how I describe it to people, and it kind of fucks you up when you hear something like that. Because how do you even? comprehend something so like is that abstract or is it 
Uh, there's there's a term for it that I'm completely forgetting because I've fucking wrote it much. But ah, uh, is it the anathema or the antithesis of the sign? It's not either of those, but it's something along the lines of that. But basically, it it dictates that all language is all language is nonsense. It's fundamental. Like you get a caveman right. Caveman runs around. He looks at a tree. He points towards it. And tree tree fundamentally is nonsense. The word tree doesn't mean tree. It doesn't dictate that a tree is a tree. Arbitrary. Yeah, the arbitrary nature of the sign. That's the fucking term. Yeah, it's a symbol that we have created entirely and arbitrarily created. It has no fundamental reasoning with the tree. Same reason, like, other languages come up with different words. Like, tree doesn't mean fucking tree in French or German or Japanese or fucking Somali. Because it has no bearing on what a tree is. Which is a difficult kind of grasp. It kills fucking me. I'm gonna say a sentence. Oh, if I can find it. (laughs) Darmak and Jalad at Tanangra. That doesn't mean anything to you. There is an entire episode of Star Trek The Next Generation of the main character, uh, John Luke Picard, or not the main character, but the captain. John Luke Picard stranded on a planet with another person. Oh, um, so shitty. That. It, it, honestly, it's one of the best episodes I've ever seen. Um, you didn't, you didn't piece that? No. No? Oh, so man. It's, it's fucking bad now. No, no, it's not anything to feel bad about because it's like oh, it this concept. This should have gone no, no. immediately. That's uh, when's the last time you watched TNG? I know it's been a long ass oh, time for yeah. me, bro. That's... Yeah. 91. I was only two years old. Wait, no, I wasn't even born. I was 93. <laughs> Fuck. This movie's fucking two years older than I am. Either like, way. With that, the, yeah, there's no fundamentals of language. Cool. No. And that's yeah. what I want to touch on. And also, weirdly enough, what one of the Metal Gear Solid games tried to do, but I don't really... It, it was a mech game. But uh, language and understanding being uh, how you described it with a caveman. They point at it and they go, oh, and they make a gesture. Then if another caveman were to see that, they would understand. But if you go to a caveman, that's from... I, I You know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's communication and communication. I think it, what's difficult to understand is that we as a species kind of gather the understanding of what an object is and the name at the same time, but fundamentally the name comes later. <laughs> it, it's so... And I know I'm explaining it really badly. It honestly is one of those things. I could understand... Like, it's... Talking about this honestly makes me so much more appreciate this movie because talking about this and how words are both an item and uh, the understanding and everything makes me feel like I'm one of the infected from this movie. It's like when you, yeah, oh, oh, Jesus, that's that's yeah, it makes you overthink, and these words don't become like words, but if you think about it, there are symbols in your mind. And there are a, a very, very small percentage of people who legitimately cannot imagine things 
in their mind. So if I were to say Apple, and in your mind, understand what an Apple is. But somehow, this is for real, there are people incapable of thinking of an Apple, the, the, the picturesque version of an Apple in their mind, um, yeah, they can't which is it. just so amazing. Yeah, they can't do it. But this is just absolutely insane. And if this was intentional too, this guy is fucking Machiavellian. I, I know the author intended that. I 100% yeah, assume. This is exactly what I'm talking about. About concept. The story can be cool, but the concept and the outliers of that concept and how it branches off into ideas and shit. Like, when I first watched this movie, this is just now this shit that I'm coming up with. Um, with, with about how well, this where there's terms of endearment as well that they push on later in and, and yeah and the radio version because where they, they say lose... that the baby talk and terms of endearment sweetheart honey um yeah. another thing language side uh there are notable um like electronic pulses in your brain uh that there isn't a right and a left side that's all bullshit Language is things. centered over the entire thing. Various neurons, yeah. they, they create pathways. But words that are close to other words, they're next to each other, uh, fundamentally. So honey, sweetheart, all that shit would be in the same area, roughly. And so to think that they're infected, that section's infected, it, it makes sense. You know, that, that entire kind of stratosphere of terminology is fucked. As you were saying that too, that kind of opened up my mind into like, if you're going to explore what it is even more, as if words were gateways to another realm, that might be crazy talk, to be honest. But if, I think, crazy do you understand what I mean? Here. Yeah, crazy talk was good here. Uh, no, yeah. yeah, 100%. I mean, they never say why it happened. They never, they say it's a virus, but they never say if it's some hellish fucking being or it's some retribution i don't even know if to call it a virus because viruses i believe are sentient but they're, the they're way this is going about itself yeah so it's the it, way this viral, is about definitely it, viral is the word but i was gonna say parasitic the way this is going about itself um think of the cordyceps um and how they if you ever saw last of us um or just watched cocoa beans yeah, watch the documentary or anything like that. And Cordyceps and how those, uh, its entire intention is to further spread. Um, so the infected looking for other voices, uh, and uh, Dr. Mendez describes them as hunting at one point. With lower land. Yep. Exactly. And it's not only human oh shit i think that's way too far ahead but i'll save that i believe that they mimic any sound that they hear but i human for me it's words trying to what... jump towards any form of communication they can yeah they don't if they... understand anything and so they desperately try to cling to any form of understanding oh oh that just reminded me of another movie i saw that's a really cool concept um because the the words are their food. Sounds are their food, but words are like gourmet. There is a movie um about a kid killing himself and another kid from his school fucking goes to the place and sees his ghost and his ghosts they begin communicating together 
and the ghost eats words. So he has to have the main character go up to his ear as close as possible and whisper a word with uh, sincerity into him. And the ghost, you can see, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like more of like a drug than it is food. Um, but for this, I would consider it food for them. Because they are zombies, right? What do zombies do? Eat. We'll get towards the zombies with that. Push through. <laughs> Not in this version, to be fair. They they bite and drag. And so I'll, I'll kind of well, run through. Uh, Ken, so, did, Ken yeah. did say that they were trying to eat their way in there. Eat through the sound, specifically. They were eating certain are stuff, you... which... Because huh? Ken was pushing... Well, these, okay. For the, mess, for the radio place, right. right. So, did you do... Yeah, Sydney talks about Grant. She's a bit of a dickhead. And Grant is trying to breathe some life into these fucktards who still write to Agony Mark. Good for him. Uh, it's casting spot on. Very sad looking man. It's a really awful note. I'm really sorry, mate. <laughs> I didn't mean to write. Yeah, you want a sad looking man. You're a you're a healthy, happy ninety <laughs> year old. I'm sure. Uh, calls coming in with bizarre talking repetitions, and the usual callers are not calling in, as it is. I fucking hate the usual people. Yeah. You don't work at, yeah, you don't have like a retail thing, so you don't get usual customers. But I get mm-hmm. some utter twat who comes in. He's got tattoos all the way down. He's in his 60s, I think, 50s, possibly. White hair. And we call him the caveman. Last time he came in, he talked about how he defended a woman by beating someone up. Oh, no. Um, and he was in jail before he came down. That I can confirm because he sent me a picture. Oh, he showed me a picture, and he beat the shit out of someone. I, <laughs> yeah, regular callers. I can only imagine how shit they are for radio. Oh yeah, for yeah. local small radio. Town. Yep, small town shit. That's why. I thought it was really funny. Um, by this point, uh, a lot of the emphasis and embellishment on Grant's end was very prevalent. I don't know about the movie end. In the film, he's actually fairly uh, reserved. Because at this point, I believe there was a hostage situation. In was the that, local school. In the local school. Okay, because the hostage situation was them on the lake. Uh, with a cabin and ice fishing. I think it was just glanced over. Yeah, That's why. Fairly, in the, it glanced in the over in the version, radio. There's, there's more added in. Yeah. Because in the radio version... I'll, I'll get to it. it. It went into... It was in a school for this version, and then a doctor's office, obviously, later on, which introduces the other character. The explosion and everything, but... Yes. If I remember rightly, that was uh, concurrent between both versions. The explosion? Or uh, um, well, the riot. The riot definitely was. Yes. Yes, that's what I have in my notes of the riot. And I had the, uh, the building ruptures people. That's what it was. Yeah, it was very Hillsborough. Yeah, they uh, said there was a bunch no. of people outside, hundreds of, peoples, uh, hundreds of people outside of the Mendez building. 
trying to get in, and then the building then ruptures, spelling people out into the street who and are then trampled. Against, yeah, trampled and pushing against yep. each other. Yeah, exactly. Which, and then for the, anyone who wherever the hell is wearing glasses in their home, fucking terrible. But it, it's not a fun sight. Absolutely not. Yeah, after the rupturing of the building, uh, the military then rolls in. And in my notes, the, I the French Canadian military specifically. French Canadian military, yeah. So it's the guys with sticks and rocks. Um, but I did put the note in that the movie does begin to get quite tense at this moment because it's when calls start to roll in for radio play. Yeah, um, it should be said as well. When I say Hillsborough, that's just because what comes to mind for me, and that's what's so about the film they don't show anything and they allow yep. everyone around the world to kind of come to oh yeah that's that that's what that is and that's what comes to um, mind I, I comes to the most horrific fucking um do you know about that the liverpool hills for a disaster no uh was it, it a bunch of people getting trampled it, it was in a football stadium oh was, god yeah about 200 people died and it's the, the images i wouldn't recommend anyone see. Don't Google it. I ain't gonna put it in the fucking show notes. They're horrific. And that's what comes to mind. You know, that's that immediate that's the tell don't show format. Yes. When done to the yeah. best because you you jump towards the worst case scenario. Same for the fucking books and shit, I imagine. Immediately catapult yourself to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yep, uh, it gets significantly more serious. Um, all our characters begin to look a bit shook up being told about this legitimate riot that's happening outside of uh, a known doctor's place, because it is a small, I think it's a small town, I'm not sure. I, I think I would like to assume 5,000 people, 10,000 people. Yeah, yeah, without having to look it up. Um, when they can come up with names and everyone goes yes on who that is exactly yeah because um the so i did forget to mention this the hostage situation that goes on in the radio play grant does go on to embellish that they are a bunch of there's a couple alcoholics out here and they're just fucking coming back from ice fishing season and stuff and the cops are competent dumb and all this stuff and sid gets on after he does all this and goes um, they're both real life alcoholics, and it's like you doing this could put their jobs in jeopardy. And everything. It's they really say that in the the film version as well. To be fair, they do say it in that as well. It's okay. the same people okay. producing it. To be fair, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's jumping fast and taking the most important parts. I I'm jumping fast. No, no, I thought no, we were at the... no. Oh, said, okay, it, sorry. It's, it's the same parts. Oh, yeah, so. just the yeah. the the major points, um, just to uh, like. Em- show Grant's character. I cannot remember. Lawrence and the Arabians were in the radio show. <laughs> oh god, yeah, the race oh man. But into the hospitals. Ken talks as people push themselves into cheeseburgers filled with human balls. That's your uh, shock jock voice for the day. It's <laughs> fucking horrific. There's your tell don't show. It is so well done, the radio and and the film. I mean, the film is mostly tell don't show. To be 
there as well. You, you see fuck all beyond Lauren are doing a full 20 inches later shit. Mm. Sticking up Laurel. Laurel Ann. Because she's an inbred hick. <laughs> Double barrel names. They don't exist in the UK, mate. They don't exist at all. So that, I think in Canada, double barrel names. Yes, I want to say yes, it? but it's been um, it's been a minute since I've heard one. Is it mainstream or is it that one weird fucking kid who no one messes with? Uh not mainstream. Definitely not. Good, if you got a right. double name, shit was shit was serious. <laughs> you had a switchblade. You'd burn yeah. a scar into your arm at some point, and you were definitely a Stephen King bully. Exactly. I heard they killed somebody. That's how they kill somebody. Don't, don't fuck me over like that. Don't, don't <laughs> say some poor double barrel kid got murdered. <laughs> now I'm the arsehole. Oh, we tried to kill him. Yeah. Uh, the situation. <laughs> School blown up, and the doctor that comes in later is established. So it's, it's all fun shit. Uh, and uh, yes. good old Ken bringing some info on. And all of this is kind of spoon-fed, um, obviously enough, but little by little through it. And it, it's enough. You, you're left in the dark enough that later on, at least in the film version, when the doctor comes in, you wonder whether he's infected or not in various points, and the characters do as well, to be fair. I said deteriorates. I think he's, he's pretty fucking awful. From the right start. from the start. Yeah. yeah, right when it starts to go down, because he was a happy-go-lucky little fucking dude in his car with playing his little uh, his, helicopter his sound over a six-year-old child in the backseat. <laughs> Help! Where's my mommy? <laughs> Where's the candy? <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, he is the deli- like the the oh what is it um the scribe of doom uh, if you can think of any other alliteration I'm thinking specifically of the one line that uh, Thomas Jane had said from the mist when his kid is like the the tree splattered the 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 dock holy crap <laughs> and Thomas Jane going. And so says the doomsayer. That's, that's what that fucking it's... pretentious author says. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> fucking come up with spoken, shit. the doomsayer yeah. departs. Yeah, like, you know, he, though, it, it almost is literally, uh, Ken is describing a lot of the horror for us. Um, this is one of the movies where the things described, you don't actually see um, what doesn't happen uh, can essentially be more scary than what they're trying to do. That they couldn't um, do it on 1.5 million. I know that. Um, exactly. They, they couldn't do it for any amount of money because um, there's this kind of Lovecraftian, Cthulian shit where you go into you... The, the fundamentals of reality and language, mm-hmm. and it's infecting that. You can't like progress that, and the the horrors of watching someone like bite down on someone's mouth and push their way in it's yeah so i wrote down uh, exactly as you described it which was uh earlier as i said that uh he thought they were biting them but they were actually carrying them in their mouths um and then he described it as they are trying to climb or eat their way inside them they are desperate 
they get inside them uh and then he goes on to describe multiples of them that have uh limbs inside their victims uh we had to stop there a moment because darian who is what six years seven years older than i am got guarded <laughs> that's that's black privilege there man i guess so yeah little, little bastard <laughs> it came you don't show off the drinking me. lines don't show off the cigarette lines yeah and drinking Pat's blue ribbon the whitest of david lynch is <laughs> why do you think i drink it? <laughs> little bastard right. derailing this yeah i know right fuck Fucking no more no more derails <laughs> Uh, we're going to push on to a derailing on the film, actually. Uh, yeah, it was in the, the show. Uh, with Lawrence and the Arabians. Yes, the Carolers <laughs> doing in the, blackface. In the film, I want to point out, one of those in there is the author of the book. No way. Yeah. Uh, the was Osama the... Bin Laden one. I fucking knew it. I was going to say that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's 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 funny as shit. I'm I'm willing to give I'm willing to give props for being, being funny. Oh yeah. Something with four lines shit, just a complete non sequitur. Full on fucking blackface, bro. Could yeah. you imagine doing so full on blackface shit. for a movie that brings back thirty thirty five thousand dollars? <laughs> That's what Prince fucking Harry's uh, Halloween party video got. That's an obscure fucking reference that only <laughs> five people get. But I ain't gonna explain. You can look that one up yourself. Look up uh, Prince <clears throat> Harry uh, Hitler uniform. That. Oh no. I'll <laughs> give you a decent overview of the situation that that was in. Yeah, Lawrence and the Arabians play who are kind of a distraction for Grant's sake while information is still peeling its way in and is so reminiscent of that shitty area of radio. Awful trash, basically. The local... I mean, you've got local radio in Canada, right? Yes. Or local yeah, college, news college radios. Yeah. yeah, college. Jesus Christ, it's even worse. Uh-huh. But we've got, right, the BBC... Do BBC Midlands, which is our area. Professionals, to be fair, eh, ish, um, who talk about local news, which fondles from murders that happen in the area to a new Swede sale that's happening in a market. There's a lot of pointless shit. There's some poor Welsh guy that pretends to care. And I think he's just had the life drained out of him. He's now just a statue that continues pushing on on this complete oddly shite poor bastard. And I'm sure it's the same for local news in Canada. Jeez, I don't even remember the last time I heard about local news in Canada. I've heard very recently in the past like years, a story that I wish would have been a local story but it was a cat literally going around to people's houses and stealing items of uh, clothing uh, of a specific uh, blend of, of material. And yeah, I would if I was a journalist, and yeah, that was my story. I would end on a cat burglary, and I would be completely fine with that, bro. Because that sounds like the best. That's all I care about right now. Twenty twenty three is cat burglar year for me. 
right now because I want to yeah. know what that cat's up to. <laughs> I'll tell you what the most recent fucking local news story has been. Local news: uh, elation for Darren after epic challenge. Adventurer Darren Edwards has become the first person in a wheelchair to complete the World Marathon Challenge. That's seven marathons across seven continents in seven days. This fucker's in a wheelchair, so he just has to like spin <laughs> fucking wheels occasionally. That's news, apparently. I'm sure the, this bitch might be in a mechanical Stephen Hawking thing where she just has to move his fucking <laughs> forefinger forward. Uh, you have to be like, alright, well, it doesn't count when you're going downhill. He gets, he gets repetitive <laughs> strain injury at best. Yeah, he's got carpal tunnel. Fuck he's him. not fucking Terry Fox. I don't know if you know who Terry Fox is, but he's, out he's here... He's not Eddie fucking Izzard. That's, that's mm, the level. Exactly. Yeah, he's yeah Terry Izzard. Fox is like a Canadian hero, because this guy, I think he had diabetes or cancer or something. He lost a leg. And he decided to run cross-country on a fucking prosthetic leg. And he did that shit. Um, full on. Man. That's not impressive? No, One-legged running across? Yeah, he's got a fucking like, plastic leg. Lean on. I mean, it's better than rolling. You guys got a fucking. <laughs> it's better than gotta... rolling. It's way better than rolling. I'm not discounting <laughs> that. Our version is really shit, but your version's still a bit shit. Like, <laughs> you guys might as well be hey, like we drove across country. Hey, Oscar Pistorius, <laughs> he had a leg to bash in the door to kill his girlfriend. It's a oh, leg God. up. Yeah. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yeah, Lawrence and the Arabians, they're awful in <laughs> blackface. Ooh, it's of Libya. It's somehow hilarious. Yeah. It's so dodgy. <laughs> especially, so and dodgy. it's especially, especially hilarious considering that um, during the events of the movie, it's Valentine's Day. So it's fucking February. And they're doing Lawrence of Arabia with fucking Osama bin Laden. As carolers, I guess, or a bit, I'm not sure. With this weird British shit. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, things getting worse and worse as herds of people uh, migrating around. There's words from BBC Canada of the French Canadian police coming in to mm -hmm. segregate the area, as they put it. Barricade against migration firing off. Just everything's getting worse and worse. And you, you know, it's all kind of dramatic irony shit. You assume far worse than the people in the radio station do. In yeah. the radio station and talking to Nigel, Nigel makes it sound as if it were some type of insurrection, but at the end of the conversation, he when he lets go of them and they tune into his shit, um, he does give away that he knows just as much as they do. Outside of the French military taking up um, barricades. That is purely in the radio version. Is it really? Absolutely and purely, yeah. He okay. doesn't say Actually. shit like that. In the really? Okay. Version. Really? Are you yeah, sure? They, they cut on. him off. They, they cut him off just entirely. Um, no, because uh, no, uh, are you sure they cut him off? Because this might be the, uh, not the French version. <clears throat> this might be the teleplay because they are inter. Where no, in the, in nope, the film okay, nope, version, nope. they cut him off. In the radio version, they let him go through. And yes, okay. That shit. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, there's some good parts about it. I mean, they're both equally good. Uh, if I think they're was... both exceptionally good, man. 
Yeah, if there was a combination of both, uh, maybe not so much a combination. I think I, I lean towards the radio version, and I'm Do sure you? Okay. other people lean towards the film version. That's fair. For better, for better understanding of the infected, I think the movie version. Um, talking about which, right? We get one of the kids infected in the film version. The, yeah, the you... Osama bunch. And mm, is exactly. massively confused, begins repeating word over and over. They come up way further into it. Um, yes. And attack Sydney later. They on. are. Sorry. Um, uh, they are not at all in the radio play. They are completely gone. Yeah, it's one of the fun parts of the film because it's all visual, yeah. to be fair. And cameo as well. And yet things just get worse and fucking worse. Hmm. <laughs> And Ken's breakdown, um, which we talked about earlier on the radio Gorgeous. version, on the film version, equally as both. Fine. They're both amazing. Yeah, yeah. Ken. Ken uh, fucking holds this thing. I I don't want to say he holds it up. He sets the standard, really, because the way he described thing every time I hear it gives me fucking chills. Uh, especially they're trying to climb inside him. It seems like they're desperate to get inside them. Uh, and the stuff that we're about to bring up. Uh, with Ken's, I believe, second call. Uh, it reminds me of uh, if anyone, I, I know no one listening to this is old enough. I think one of you is. One of you is in your 80s, or at least is self-described as that. <laughs> you 14-year-old cunt who pretends to be 96. <laughs> um, but the Hindenburg disaster? Ken's late monologues sound like that to me. Where he talks about the humanity of the situation, this horrific shit. Yeah, I could, I could, I could completely see that. I was gonna say he, he, like it, it, it. Uh, is plateau the right word? It peaks. So, like at the very peak, I believe is like the second call, and then it goes down after that. I mean, in just terms, not, not, not being bad or anything, but just in terms of he is his, his state becoming, of mind. yeah, yeah, becoming numb to everything. Like it, this is something. That I, I imagine is fucking like to a normal to a normal small town. This is their elgator is seeing their friends and family fucking rip each other apart and try to climb into each other. To anyone, like I, for to him, anybody, it, it's yeah. when he he goes past yeah. uh, Grant's but, advice and just goes and listens to what Jimmy's saying. Yeah, it's I would there. imagine it's more significant for people who know because. In the what we're about to get into, he names the person. Um, yeah. he specifically knows who they are. Uh, and I think that's the only person he names. I he said Jesse, uh, who's someone's kid. Her old, her eldest that. son. Yeah, yeah. Eldest someone's son. eldest son. I didn't write down the mother's name, but I remember it is the eldest son. Um. Because of what we're going to get into, and then we get a, a push through from the French Canadian government to say, "Do not translate this message." At the yes, end. And um, then don't say terms of endearment. Don't go through baby talk. Don't go through this, that, the other, all that. Fun I stuff. verbatim. Did you? Uh, I verbatim uh, wrote it down. Mate, Do you I think don't I speak French. Oh, no, no, not the French part because the the yeah uh, I, I don't know French. Honey, 
Uh, Avoid contact with close family members. Restrain from all terms of endearment. Baby talk with young children. And rhetorical discourse for greater safety. For greater safety, do not use the English language. Do not translate this message. How it's verbatim? How safe would you be? In this situation? Uh, do you know another language? Fuck. Are I'd you? be fucked. I honestly, if it was at this point, and I could um, understand, like uh, a grunts text, like text, unless it is. Oh, oh shit. How much French Fuck, do you I've... know? <laughs> no. Francais? <laughs> Francais? <laughs> uh, I've, I've got a story uh, on this, right? How, I've got a story on how fucked up they. Oh, just really quick, though. Uh, I wanted to make mention the first time that they are described, it is eerily similar to, and I didn't look up to see which came out first, it is eerily similar to. The description of people from Stephen King's book sell from how they act. Like there's some of them naked and they're just they're speaking gibberish and they're just kind of doing whatever. But uh, sorry, as you were saying, I'm presuming this before. Yeah, I yeah, I can tell you. I went around Italy, uh, Tuscany region, with a girl that I really wanted to sleep with, <laughs> fucking desperately. <laughs> going around, going around Tuscany uh, through the yeah. Way. The wine areas of please, Italy. Baby, just let me lick on and, your toes, please. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking truck driver comes up. He stops oh. and asks for directions in Italian, and I have to like sit there. No Apollo Italiano, and uh, he looks a bit annoyed. And then I think, oh, I can impress this girl, and I go, oh, uh, parlez-vous français? And this guy goes, oh, oui, oui, avec moi, and then goes through like asking me directions, and I have to sit there and go. I'm really sorry, mate. I don't speak French either. Fuck. Oh, no. You took the gamble. I took the gamble. <laughs> I took that no. chance. No. Uh, yeah, that she, was... She looked at me like it was the scum of the earth. And he, he fucking hated me. Drove off. And I, I got nothing that night. Or that week. Honestly? I deserved fuck. it. No. Chance, I wouldn't mate. say you deserved it. To just, that a, just a bad bet. He was so fucking unhappy. Yeah. Uh, I know fuck all outside of English and sign language. Actually, a little bit. but mm-hmm. uh, For the radio play, it sucks because they don't offer any closed captions. Uh, I believe that there is hard-coded uh, subtitles for the movie version. I yeah. believe. Don't this, hold me on that. French. So, uh, and I, uh, I'm pretty sure it's only hard coded for when Grant and Sid are speaking with each other, and no other languages hard coded. Certainly, the film very well done. I did. Yeah, it's more production value to be fair. So, and um, like I said, the, the, another thing to get onto the concept. About because what? No, never mind. I'm not gonna say it because at this point we do not know that um what I was about to bring up. I mean, I'm happy to kind of push on. So push on. Get, um, you so get uh, a lot um, of like uh, just speed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So, so when Doctor Mendez says um that it is the human language, and not only that, because actually no, it's not even a spoiler English. because at this at yeah. this point, yeah, at this point in time, they say do not speak English. 
for your own safety, avoid the English language. Uh, so it's not a spoiler, actually. So um, it is just so bizarre that only this one type of language is uh, the vector point. But at the same time, if you think about it through language and you're an English major, what is the one hardest language to learn? Fucking English. Yeah. All right? Because it is... It, uh, phonetically reading something doesn't work all the time for English because they're there, there. Um, the vocabulary for English is, is an absolute far, compared to every other language in the world because we just... It, like, the English mentality is go to a country, steal as much as possible, and leave and make it better because yeah. fuck you all, we're better than you. It um, makes sense. English for is this... the same. The language, we go to your country, we take your shit, and we make it better. Fuck you. English the English language is fucking patient zero. Including oh, you fucking no. Native Americans out there, we're better than you are. We took your shit. TP, TP, we took TP, we've added to our language. Fuck I am you. separate from what Fuck he just you. said. Yeah, that is his beliefs. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our way of doing no, things. Fuck that's you. not up to our Tom, no. Tomahawk. Tomahawk is no. ours now. Tomahawk is that's ours. That's not me. Fuck no, you. not ours. <laughs> this, is, this is a single parent household. He's going <laughs> to raise these misconceptions all on his own. The amount of fucking flights is coming from you now. <laughs> This would be amazing. <laughs> I ignore every every complaint that comes in for me. I delete it. I'm gonna personally <laughs> write everybody who complains about me <laughs> a handwritten letter. To everybody who writes in, write your address in so I can write you a handwritten letter. Yes, yeah, Swizzy right? complained about you. <laughs> Swizzy fucking said they complained about you. It just what said, if it just said fuck you. It's <laughs> Nobody complained about the fucking laugh or anything? No, they didn't, actually. Because really? Steph's fucking around and he laughs like a fucking maniac. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought that's, I thought that's what would have been the fucking number one complaint. That's weird. So, everything goes to shit. Uh, Laurel Ann oh, yeah. gets infected. Uh, in mm -hmm. fact, everyone does oh. at points and foibles. Yes, but they um, get pushed out of it by simplistic questioning, by pushing, and you. I mean, I don't know how it works. I don't know how the infection works, and it's it how they want it to be. Is as far as my understanding is, I don't want to speak as any authority, but it is indeterminate what can infect you. So I wrote down in specific that Laurel Ann's word was missing. Um. I can't. I should have wrote down verbatim. Actually, you know what? I have the movie up, so I'm gonna just put that on mute until she gets to that point. Um. So Laura Land's word was missing, and she starts fucking missing. Uh. uh Mister Mazer is missing. Uh. No. Yeah. Starts the, going the on missing like that. Part, yeah. Well, she says yeah. she's missing, and then he's that, missing. Yep. That is her. Him at some point. Her. She, uh, she can't communicate what she wants to say. Exactly. It's 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 like honestly, you flub your words every time. Like you flub your words and you mix two of them up. Like it, it almost feels like that's kind of what the vector is. Because are we at Ken yet? I'm just gonna skip ahead to Ken I, uh, because I, I, I wrote down in specific. I wrote down verbatim what Ken 
had Jeffrey. said Jeffrey. that was his vector. Simple sample. Yeah, no, no, no. It was um because that was when Mr. Mendez or Dr. Mendez was there. Um, Ken calls in, at least on the radio play, and Ken is saying, this is a symbol of the disorder. And Mr. Mendez says, don't you mean a symptom? Symptom, And he's like, oh, uh, yeah. And then that's when Ken is fully gone. And he starts, no, it's a a simple, uh, sample, simple, simple, what I'm saying, a simple of what is the sample, um, uh, symbols. And he just starts fucking, you know what I mean? That's his whole shtick right there. Uh, before oh, that though, yeah, yeah. Uh, before the, all of this happened, I believe yes, it was before all this happened. Uh, Ken had also alerted um the infected to his own presence when he had seen the people in the van in the radio play, um, uh, being taken uh by the infected smells, being carried by the infected smells, and the desperate trying to get into them. Um, Ken had alerted them to his presence and the, I think it was the Henderson boy, uh, the Henderson's oldest boy crashed through the walls. I called him in my notes, no hands, because that's one of the most significant things that Ken says. He's got no hands. He's just laying here. It looks like he broke his shit. The, uh, the film goes, he's got, uh, elbows like knees or some shit. Elbows like knees. In the radio play, it was uh, it's just wrists and there's stumps. Yeah, it's it's not good, not at all. Um, and at this point, no, it's the second call after this. Um, as we go for Ken, Ken's fucked. Ken is very fucked. He is, um. I'm it's going to call him the catalyst for a lot of the story here. He, uh without him there really is no tension um for because we never do see the audience never does see what happens when they get a hold of you. No they don't. We're only a told suicide murder is the most you're told. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not suicide and murder, they, 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 they try to take something within you or try to become something within you to get away from themselves. And if that doesn't make sense, I'm sorry, but we do see that with Laurel Ann. Uh, Dr. Mendez says, so that's what happens when they, well, that's what they're trying to accomplish because Laurel Ann just fucking vomits to death really she somewhat explodes and just dies uh pukes like you said earlier 28 days later just pukes blood all over the fucking screen um dr mendez speculates that's what they're trying to get away from uh which would explain somewhat of them trying to climb inside of another person if you were to ever try and explain that really which is unexplainable, which I think is um, the point. <laughs> exactly, uh, which is what I was about to bring up. It, it's another thing about Algator and something that doesn't understand human language is trying to, is has succeeded at infecting human language and is a human trying... language is the basis of understanding something, and the fact yes. that you can't understand it is the point. Because it's each individual, so it makes sense that if it infects an individual, it tries to get into another individual. 
because its understanding is completely different. Like it's transcendent of human understanding. It is the most. It, like it's just the most meta movie that there is, really. When you try to fucking put sense to it, or am I misunderstanding meta at this point? It's, it's yeah, it hundred percent is pushes that side of general understanding. Brilliant. But it, it's absolutely it really is because like it surpasses meta. This is a fundamental part of human uh, human beings communication and to just question that like the things oh, you are saying right now and what you are understanding we understand that is fundamental to language. Our communication yep. and language of that in the modern day uh, same with fucking dogs i mean dogs have certain barks for going after balls dogs have certain barks for warding off intruders you know angry is a certain bark fucking sad is a certain bark that's their understanding of the world it's all through communication the mom teaches that to the puppy, and the puppy teaches that to the other puppy. Eventually, through every fucking species, understands everything based on communication at this point, and to just subvert every fucking part of that to go, yeah, all of that has to be nonsense now, or you die. Is a uh, fascinating. It's 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 fascinating is not the word. It is. I, I'm trying to find a stronger word. Encapsulating? Yeah, it's Flummox just absolutely befuddled. Encapsulating, yeah. Encapsulating is probably the best word. It, it's yeah, fundamental this, to everything. Yeah. Just the bare bones structure of an entire thing, and that's what your crux of the, 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 the danger element is also the only way you could keep people safe. How would you keep people safe? Information. How would you give them information? Through language. What's the one thing that could fucking kill us? Language. Because it's only, so far, like I said earlier, patient zero is the English language. Um, who's to say that it can't jump from another language? If this is supposed to be, like as they call it, viruses are sentient, I believe, right? I'm, uh, correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. But I consider it more so a parasite. That's 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 hundred percent fair. Is it lynches onto the language that we use? Yeah, I, I, parasite virus. It's something beyond understanding. I think. Yes, because this is like this that. isn't this is an eldritch horror movie. A hundred percent, because there is no way to actually understand this. Um, so what it what it was it what does it need to survive? It, it it lives in the human language. What is it? It lives in the human language. Uh, how does it infect people? It lives in the human language. Uh, it lives in the English language. I should correct myself there. Uh, actually, yeah, it, um, it pushes on through the entirety of that. I think we've gone over yeah. most most stuff that needs like pushing on. Um, so I'm just gonna go over some through the film at least and the radio play bits and pieces. Uh, there's some nice stuff about cables in the radio play where. Uh, Laurel Ann has tried to basically bite down on radio parts. Has eaten equipment parts. Yeah. Yes, that is the same as radio play. I just, um, I'm talking about the radio play. Like She's bitten down oh, on sorry. bits and pieces there. In the yeah, film, you just see that her mouth is bloody to shit. Like, all over. Um, yeah, didn't, didn't not, translate not as much the movie. as he's pushed over. In the 
in the radio play, they say something like yeah. a bit of ra- a bit of radio has pushed out of her mouth. Yeah, they they go into description. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is the, what's in her mouth? Oh, I think she's eating a bunch of she's eating a bunch of radio wire. Uh, oh, and then Doctor Mendez chips and he's like, oh, uh, that's why her mouth looks so weird because she's bitten a piece of equipment that's poked through the roof of her mouth. Yeah, that's it. The roof and... of the mouth. That's the exact yes. words. Yeah. Awful. Verbatim. Yeah. Uh, really, really fucked up. Uh, which uh, isn't uh, quite translated in the film, unfortunately. Not in the slightest. It's, it's quite bloody, and the sick after is bloody. But the idea, and for me, I'm seeing like some piping that's pushing upwards uh, through the roof of the mouth that's curving around. I'm something horrific. But uh, in the movie, she does. I'm looking at it right now. She does have stuff in her mouth. I don't think it's ever mentioned that it is radio equipment. Her mouth does get fucked up from her banging on the window. But it doesn't um, look to be pushed up. 100%. It does not. It yeah. is not. It's it, it, it's far more horrific in the radio play. Yeah. Um, in this, it's yeah. Her mouth is just really fucked up. And on top of that, the movie has a really nice throwaway line. I want to call it a throwaway line. But it's like an extra to sadness as um, uh, Laurel Ann is literally prepping to vomit up uh, to like, I don't know what it is, explode to death, vomit to death. Um, When Dr. Mendez is like, I've never seen them do this before. And she pukes up on the window like 28 days later. Um, Grant is holding a card. He's looking at it and he's kind of like tapping the card on his mouth. And he goes, I forgot to give her a Valentine's Day card. I thought that was fucking gorgeous. And then after that, it kind of sucks after that, but um, Sid goes, oh, uh, I I forgot to mention, thank you, Grant, for the card. I got it. It was really nice. Just to throw that in there, I don't know how I feel about it being, yeah. uh, It is very sad. If it was just the, uh, I forgot to give her a card. If it was that left alone, that would have been fine. Yeah, Yeah, it's the difference between it's fine when Sydney mentions it. And it's amazing uh, that, when they don't. You want to know what would have been even better, now that I'm thinking of it? If Sid would have said thank you for the card in front of um, Laurel Ann. That would have been even better. It would have doubled it. Yeah, uh, yeah I forgot yeah. to give her a card because like, she thanked and he didn't even think anything of it. Um, that would have been way better. I, I just thought that was a really nice thing about it. Just hold the card up and not. Yeah. yeah, I forgot to give her a card, and you didn't need Sid jumping in there to tag on to it because that makes me like, well, the attention should be completely on Laurel Ann. We should feel bad for her, but then Sid comes in like, oh, uh, by the way, it's like when some like you remember when like you were a kid and stuff, and one. <laughs> One kid, like, uh, you're at a buddy's house and, like, their mom makes, like, sandwiches for everybody. And one kid's like, thanks, Mrs. Whatever. And everybody's like, thanks, thanks, thanks. Like, Ty jumps onto it as well. It's like, <laughs> that's how I see it. Her jumping in on that. Um, I just thought it was a really nice thing that would have been great left alone. Uh, and it was unfortunately ruined for me. Almost I ruined myself at least downgraded but yeah downgraded yeah if it was by itself it would have been oh gorgeous especially the way i described it if he didn't realize that he forgot to give it to her and sid 
thanks him in front of Laura Ann, that would have been oh fuck. That would have made that would have been double the feels, bro. Because Laura Ann did not deserve any of what she got. No, no, no. She, none she of these characters lovely. deserved any of what they got. All, none all of these of them, people. Yeah, they were lovely. Except they were for smart. Maybe the person who did black. <laughs> Man, maybe the, I wouldn't say they deserved to die, but like. Killed by his daughter eventually. So. Mm. Cool. Either way, um, the radio play does not do that little uh, moment itself. I'm glad that I went through the movie and the radio play because I would have missed this really beautiful tiny segment that was somewhat downgraded by an extra quip. Uh, yeah. But other than that, uh, what else do we have? I mean, for the rest of it, I'm happy to quote. The last 20 minutes, I am massive fan I would of. just like... Oh, we already talked about... Sorry, we already talked about Ken's. It goes for, yeah, people coming in. Uh, Ken, unfortunately, goes into that simple sample stuff. Mm. And they... The the doctor runs off into the winter <laughs> night. Yes, they start talking in French. The doctor is, I believe, infected and stops using his own language. But then again, when he is talking in his own language, it seems like he is still infected. That's Which I can believe. I, I'm because... not sure he is because they imply it certainly in the radio play and the film. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the other two think he is, but he's just weird. That's what I was saying he's... earlier. I think he's just weird. He's just quirky. Yeah. He is a very quirky character. I think he's just quirky. And I don't think he's infected. I, th I think that was intentional. Um. So, fuck, what was I going to say? Um, oh, that's what it was. He does not um, hear the theory, uh, Grant's theory, about how to disinfect words. So, he, uh, to be honest, I, uh, like he may have even come up with that while he was running out and shit, because he was just a very quirky character and like the, that. This um, disjunction between uh, semantics and pragmatics. Mm -hmm. Turn the meaning of the word outside of the anemic structure itself in less pretentious terms you take a word and you make it mean something else like uh happy <laughs> means saw, handy dude. happy yeah. means handy and sore means shitty exercise <laughs> sore sequel means awful exercise sequel but then somehow really good prequel. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? Um, the would you say dissolution? I think I might be using that word wrong. The dissolution of words, uh, to I think denigrate might be the right word. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like to denigrate the word, to completely remove what it is supposed to be is also uh, another thing. I would thing. say distortion of a word. Distort? Yeah, distort, because that is what I want to bring up about the very end, the after credit scene of this movie fucking brings my pistol with oil. I, 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 except I like for it, one mate. part. I love it. Except for one part. At the very, very end of that after credit scenes, uh, when Sid goes, alright, baby, and fucking Grinkle, shh, <laughs> Great. That's fantastic. Um, 
other than that, that was like the most fucking weird Kill Bill shit. I, 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 I it's like, meant subversion beyond subversion. Yeah, what? It, it's no. meant to be so insanely blummoxed um, from understanding. Yeah, that is. It may be going too far for me because and it was I... going to like fucking some space fucking opera. What what's that show that came out? Uh, the Jetsons went borderline into that shit. But yeah, um, that's the, the point. Move... Yeah, I I no, I understand it. I completely understand it. I think it's far too much. I think that the movie ending that we got, the original ending where Grant and Sid are trying to uh alert people to how to disinfect words further spreads the infection um and they are killed for a legitimate reason which is they're further spreading the infection by the French military and say what you will about the fucking after credits it's just of the hallucination of their last minutes of it but they tried to do that they died during the bombing and then the reports of it uh the very last report that you hear the very last news segment that you hear they're all in different languages but the very last one that you hear is a british guy and the last words that he says are ponty and those are his vector words that affect him further i think that is a gorgeous ending that is the radio a brilliant ending. Yeah. It is. It's fantastic that the way that that goes, how I interpret it or whatever. Um, but the radio ending is when they get into the back room where Sid is infected, he still does the kill his kiss. He 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 disassociates words. Kill is kiss. Kiss is kill. Stuff like that. Yeah, with, within the, the, the fucking radio version, where that's a failure, it's more sad. It it is yeah, kill his kiss, and then she goes kiss me or whatever, and then the next broadcast is Sid's dead. Um, and then actually, you know what? No, now that I now that I mention it, I really do enjoy the radio ending too. The fact that Grant is on there for the radio ending, um, describing the throes of his infection. And how it is slowly, I, I don't want to say paper, but well, uh, me just saying paper right there, and I just said it again, it feels like a hand is rushed over me. It feels like I've relaxed for a second, and it just keeps going. But paper, paper, I am paper. Like, this shit like that was so, oh, it was gorgeous. But that fucking after credits, man. I can understand it, but that's like it branches in you. You, you go from being very clever to fucking artsy fartsy. David Lynch. I no, would call David it Lynch without s- intelligence. Oh, oh. No, <laughs> okay, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, without without David Lynch level intelligence, hmm. I won't be too harsh. Absolutely, are going to it now. Um. So, might as well jump on. Uh, would you recommend this film? Uh, a, a hundred million percent. Would you I recommend, would recommend the radio version as well? I was about to say that. I would recommend doing both. Watch the movie first and then do the radio play. Uh, because the movie is so much of those 
you'll 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 listen to the radio play and it is a little jumbled because it almost sounds as if they're using stuff from the movie only because they recorded it in such a way that it could be used in that manner which i think if it was that case that's fucking brilliant we'll use actual audio recordings while we're doing the movie about a radio shock jockey and then also turn it into a fucking radio play if that was actually thought out fucking genius machiavellian uh if not then they just stumbled on something that was just coincidentally easier to uh, would 100% recommend this, both of them. Yeah, I mean, I'll push on the same stuff. I recommend it. Absolutely. Utterly. Um, outside of that, though, any films that, if you enjoyed this, you'd recommend? Um, hmm. High concept stuff like this. So when I say high concept, um, I don't mean just good storyline. So the one that comes to mind for me is a movie called... Uh, fuck, sorry. I'm going to have to Google this because I might mix it up. It's either called Jughead... Jughead the... Or Jarhead. Jarhead is a, is a army thing with J.J. Hall. Fuck, there is a horror movie. That film. Uh, that's uh, going to be Jughead then. It's not Jarhead, it... I can tell you that now. Oh yeah, it is Jughead from 2013. Um, it is directed by Chad Crawford Kinkle. What a name! Um, really, really interesting uh concept movie. Uh, what else would I recommend? For this? I'll have to think. About that. What else, What would you recommend? Oh, uh, I will go for another zombie film. My mom's a huge fan, so she shows me this utter shite. Regular basis on a regular roundhouse. That's why I learned the awful films that come out from the uh, Commonwealth countries uh, and the Battery from 2012. I've not heard of that. Uh, I think it's Canadian, actually. Probably or possibly US. Hmm. So it's two baseball players going through the zombie apocalypse. Oh, oh no, no! I did see that. No, I hundred percent did see that. Yeah, that's no, that's a uh, that's a good movie. Yeah, and they. Well, I'm not gonna spoil it here. I you fucking won't. <laughs> I'll yeah, it. no, no. That's, uh, the battery. Uh, go, go watch the battery. That's, yeah, go that's in there. Um, go actually, in there knowing nothing. What I'm gonna say is to read uh, some stuff from uh, Deborah Tanner, who goes into some of the was a language and to read some stuff from what's his fucking name because why the hell not uh from tony burgess 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 something along that line the hellmouth of beaudley uh idaho winter go for his stuff why the hell not why the hell not and for all of you folks out there listening to Station 666, <laughs> where we're coming from, the beacon of the circle of the seventh plane, we thank you for listening in, and we hope to hear from you again.